So from Ed Crawley, we've got, I didn't want to set the world on fire, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> I just <laughs> but I did. <laughs> a flame in your heart and failed with that aspect. So science man Michael Fassbender is he's been worked well i think we start post-apocalypse yeah we start with the world literally on fire and he's like oh uh, no yeah <laughs> and i think it's sort of a liar revealed kind of thing because yeah. it's like how did the world how did the world get like this everything is on fire <laughs> everything is on fire it's hard to come by water that isn't boiling so people are just drinking cups of tea <laughs> yeah from from now on yep They're drinking because who drinks Hot water. Who drinks hot water? Who drinks hot water? What kind of psychopath. insane psychopath drinks hot water? It's a nightmare. Um, I'm talking to you. Um, we've got... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that vague. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm talking to you, listener. <laughs> um... Do you drink hot water? <laughs> Tom, Tom knows fully well that I am the person who drinks the most hot water yeah. out of anyone he knows. So I've never heard the kettle not boiling. <laughs> yep. Um, we just keep it going. Yeah, we keep it going. Tom, that's a boiler. <laughs> it's not a kettle. I mean, that that it's, sometimes goes off, that boiler. It's a big... I know it's a big tank full of water that boils. I've not seen it's any not, water. It's not a kettle. I've not seen any... I've looked in there, Matt. It's just a big metal thing. Yeah. The kettle got downstairs. That's constantly got water in, constantly boiling. I can see it because it's see-through. It is that, see-through. That boiler, or boiler in inverted commas, yeah. is the big metal tube that it's makes the, it's noise It's the sometimes. screaming tube, isn't it? <laughs> it's the screaming tube. <laughs> We've got the house, the house screaming tube. When we were shown around the first time, the, yeah. the, uh, the stage, and we're just like, and this is the room with the screaming tube. <laughs> and we were all like, yay! I can't have never lived in a house with a screaming tube before. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that happened. That happened, yeah. My, my dad used to have a screaming tube, but then they got rid of it. Because... Yep. Uh, because it's a modern house. They don't need them anymore. They don't need screaming tubes. Don't need but, screaming you know, tube it's anymore. nice. It's just, it's a nice, you know, a legacy thing to have, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a reminder of a, of times gone by. A simpler time. Yeah. 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 Screaming tubes. Yeah. Do you remember screaming tubes? <laughs> Do you remember screaming tubes? <laughs> Why are they ridiculous? Oh, yeah. They'd sit in the corner of your room. Yeah. And they would scream. You kids never had it better. We had a screaming tube, couldn't get to bed for months. Mum mum would be like, oh, isn't it a bit chilly in here? And she'd turn on the screaming tube. Yeah. No idea why. <laughs> no idea why. The boiler was perfectly fine, always next to the screaming tube. Always. But... The boiler, <laughs> the boiler was absolutely fine. Downstairs, in the kitchen, made cups of tea out of it. Screaming tube, don't know why she used it. Yeah. Screaming tube. From Order uh, now. From, <laughs> on uh, it's it's on the comedy album, I believe, of uh, of nostalgic comedian, <laughs> which is a character we've often played but never actually named, and now I am doing nostalgic comedian. That's the name of that character. <laughs> Nostalgia man. Um, Nostalgia man. So I didn't want to set the world on fire. Okay, so yeah, I think we should. This should be like you know, Chris Nolan. Tell it out of order. Start with the world on fire. 
and then <laughs> and then and then slowly reveal what led to the world being on fire. And it's just Michael Fassbender doing experiments in it. Yeah, it's Michael Fassbender, but he's trying to make it through like a, 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 the ruins of a city mm. as they all just are on fire. Like it's not <laughs> like the whole world's on fire at the same time. It's like all the forests are on fire. Yeah. And all of the, uh, most of the cities are on fire or hemmed in by fire. There's smoke everywhere. My cereal, it's on fire. And he's trying to make it through this city. Yeah. And people just try and kill him all the time. They're just like, fuck you, Michael Fassbender! (laughs) I didn't want to set the world on fire. That's all he says the whole film. He just keeps repeating that line. And then as he's like, I can't believe you killed my mum! And then uh, he's shooting out of a... um, It's it's, uh, it's just Guy Ritchie. It's It's just Guy Ritchie (laughs) shooting at him with an Uzi. It's a Guy Ritchie movie as well, isn't it? It's it set, in, set in South London. Set in South or, London. Or the East End of London. East End of London. Michael Caine is also in it. And Sting. And Michael Caine, uh, of course, the only one who's not trying to kill um, oh, yeah, uh, Michael yeah. Fassbender because he has to talk quietly. He has to talk quietly. Like, hello. Hello, Michael Ma- Fassbender. Fassbender. I'm sorry to say this, Michael Fassbender, but I've poisoned your tea. <laughs> What do you what do you mean? What do you mean? You tried to poison my dear. You're you're my only friend in the world. Yes, but Michael Kane. You see what you did, Michael. It was terrible. But I didn't want to set the world on fire, Michael Kane. And yet that's what you have done. I just wanted to start with your experiments. A flame in your heart. Michael Kane. Yes, you did start a flame in our heart, Michael Vastender. The heart of the Amazon rainforest. Damn it. Because he, he was out there trying to find a cure for heartburn. <laughs> yeah. Because... He's, he's called Michael Gavisgon. Well, no, like... He, 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 he ate a really bad curry. Yeah, okay. And he tried Gavisgon, it just wasn't enough. I see. So, in fact, the curry restaurant that he went to should be blamed... For the uh, for the world being on fire is that is that yeah I, so so what you're saying is he's trying to track down the evil wizard who who has a curry restaurant that he that made an unquenchable no burn. no 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 I mean he, he doesn't blame the curry restaurant no I mean they're just trying to do what they're trying to do you know like uh, he's just trying to set his heart on fire yeah well I mean he's just trying to stop but I I just wanted to stop the flame in my heart is the other yeah is the is the other line and I think I think just sort of put out really bad heartburn across the world pretty sure those aren't the lyrics to to, to that song (laughs) well it'll be it'll be re-recorded for the credits yeah with Michael Fassbender doing a spoken word version of yeah we'll get the ink spots back yeah um, and we'll have them re-record that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done it with Glenn Miller before, right? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We'll, we'll do that <laughs> using our using our time machine. <laughs> we'll get them back. Using our time get machine. Get the back in the studio. Yeah, and uh, have them re-record that. Um, but uh, yeah, because because uh, he, he he's heard that the cure for cancer is in the Amazon rainforest. Yeah, yeah. So well, he's like, well, it's definitely going to have the cure for my heartburn. I think I think what happens is like he has this really bad heartburn. Yeah. He goes to his mate who says, "Oh, I think 
I've heard that in the Amazon rainforest, they're finding cures left, <laughs> right, and center. Like heartburn, cancer, whatever, you know. My dick disease that, that, I, that I can't get rid of. My dick disease. Yeah. Have I told you about my dick disease? <laughs> and then half an hour of the film is his, is his discussion about... Essentially, it's gonorrhea, but he doesn't know the name of it. It's... <laughs> but he can't pronounce it with that accent. Yeah. Gon- gon- no, my dick disease. It's Guy Ritchie. Can I just talk for a moment about Chris Nolan and non-linear editing? Yeah. Because in some of his films, it's fine. Yeah. Completely fine. In others, I hate it. I can't... I was... We were watching The Prestige earlier. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sort of half following it because I'm also reading the script for Midsummer um, while while I'm watching. I'm not really paying much attention. Uh, I, I get it. It's it's magicians. Um, <laughs> That's what it's about. Yeah, it's what it's about, I think. Um, but like, I, I think it, it got about a few scenes in. I was just like, I don't know where I am, what, what time period this is or anything and it's the same with Dunkirk Dunkirk is a film I came out of just like well the editor was up his own ass. <laughs> the editor wanted to be noticed <laughs> like the, like this is I mean it's a Guy Ritchie movie apparently there's a code the Chris Nolan movie yeah, yeah it's like, that's what I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Chris Nolan movie apparently there's a code um, apparently there's a whole like if you're on the ground it's over the shot over the course of a um a week mm. if you're on on a boat it's it's shot over the course of a day mm. and if you're on a on a plane, plane it's like it's over an like an hour yeah yeah, yeah. i but but they could have just done it in in normal in normal um why why did they have to cut it like that to the point where i was like i mean call me thick right but when I'm questioning, like, where I am in terms of the narrative, yeah. when it, whenever a scene starts, I'm always just, well, he, he's done it before. <laughs> yeah. I don't, where, where am I now? Yeah. Like, where are we now? What's what's going to happen in this scene? Or where where during the day is this? Yeah. If I'm doing that and not concentrating on the fucking narrative yeah. and on the actual impact of the of the story, yeah, you have then... to. You're considering yourself constantly. Yeah. I that's. Not something I want to be doing in a movie. No, because I'm not in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, with with some things, it's fine because, like, like I mean, with it's good for twists. Yeah, I I don't think there's any twists in in Dunkirk really. Yeah. Um, like with with Pulp Fiction, I think it it sort of gets about because it is like six different stories, and with Reservoir Dogs again with a twist, um. Trying to think of other films that do it that aren't Tarantino, um, because directors just don't do it. <laughs> um, I mean, like with the Prestige, I think it's fine because it's just sort of reading from books, I guess, yeah. reading from their from their journals. But I mean, there was a point there was a point in which I was like, "Well, where are they now?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm the same. I, yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I don't. I, the second time I tried to watch the Prestige, yeah. didn't 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 grok it grok yeah. at the time. So. I mean, M- Memento like is apparently a film about that, so I, I guess I'd give that a pass as well. But I mean, it's just sort of like, oh, 
get out of your own arse. <laughs> like you heard it, Chris. Cancel Tenet. <laughs> Cancel. Just stop it. Yeah. Just stop. It's not going to ever be released. <laughs> get it. Get it gone. Like, I mean that again is is looking at the concept of like time being reversed and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's about like, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so same with. Inception. I'm not the biggest fan of Inception, mm. but I tell you what, the time jumps make sense. The time jumps are explained because you are the the central mechanic of the film. In universe, is yeah. like we're going into another time, so let's make sure that that and that are playing at the same time. Also, because everything's in chronological order. Yeah, like. Like, yeah, that they go into the dream. The dream happens. The dream into the dream happens, and then it it go it goes yeah. out the same way. You just have to cut between these like parallel because they all the characters are in all the situations. Yeah. and it's like it's not confusing at all, and it's done in a really really well done way. If he'd done that, and also had the last dream at the beginning for some reason. <laughs> Like they've done with Dunkirk, where it's like, oh, right, well, that, that boat's sinking. That boat was sinking half an hour ago. Why? <laughs> Why am I watching this in this order? This is just painful. Like, and I guess I guess he was trying to say something with it, but at the cinema, I was just like, I don't care I don't that know. your editor's got a degree. Yeah, like, I don't know what, what he would have been trying to say. I can't piece that together. I ain't seen it. Yeah. Like I've 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 worked um, I'm gonna say uh, like like editors who try to make themselves known mm. are the worst because an editor should be working on making it feel as but you know that's not the editor's call. In Dunkirk. Sometimes it, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's probably it's not. Definitely like, it's definitely It's down call. to the script, I reckon. I reckon it, it wasn't written in chronological order and then just like edited. But like, like Christopher Nolan being known for telling things out of order, and and that's why I'm just complaining about Chris Nolan. Yeah. Um, like clearly that's not the editor. Yeah, doing yeah, yeah. That. That, I know. Clearly it's that's like, Chris's idea. Like, yeah. What we're gonna do is we're gonna make it a, a Chris Nolan, yeah. Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. It's, oh, just, <laughs> and people go on about him like he's the best thing ever. I'm just like, I mean, he's fine. Some, some, some of the films he's done are really, really good. Interstellar, really good. Um, the Batman trilogy, really good. Inception, really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that because it's a, it's a fun concept, and some of the like the corridor fight scene, like. My mouth was wide open watching that because I'd yeah. never seen anything like it. I was like, this looks incredible. Um, clearly, gravity is pulling them down, and I'm betting they shot it like the 2001 thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's really, really well done. Um, however, it's men in suits. Yeah. It's men in suits. He's, he's like... Um, he's the most boring, interesting director. Yeah, because the the concept is quite fun. It's just shot in the most boring way. It's um, it's like, uh, he's kind of like a reverse Nicholas Winding Refn, yeah. where the stories are very uh, like the sort of look and vibe of the um of the of the films are very very cool to look at yeah. and stuff. The stories and the concepts. 
Not Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's saying that Neon Demon as a concept is great, but like again, it's it's sort of like it's, it's just it just depends on taste at the end of the day. But it's mm. just I just I, think I was preparing for like a, a sort of Inception one shot role playing game. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I haven't watched Inception for a while. I was like, this is I've got to choose to be one of these characters. I'm going to be choose to be a character from this. Well, I could either be like a, a corporate man, or like just just a, a a sort of criminal, a criminal who dresses in a suit. This isn't the yeah. This you isn't get good. Cool character ideas out. No, of yeah. it's. I mean, everyone's just so boring looking in that movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The world, the world looks nice sometimes, except for the glass coffee tables and and you know, the, uh, long long sofas. The world looks fine if you like uh, modern architecture. Sure. <laughs> if if you like walking around London looking at the new buildings, yeah, it's fine. But like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. Even Interstellar kind of has quite boring looking things in it. But like, yeah, it's... Oh. It's not got much of a flair. No. An aesthetic flair. No. I mean, like, to look at Sucker Punch, which has a very similar kind of plot. Mm-hmm. They're going into dreams or yeah. sort of imaginary worlds yeah. to uh, to break out and get free mm-hmm. of somewhere. Mm-hmm. It goes in a completely opposite direction, as in like too far. (laughs) It's uh... It's like, I mean, this is the thing. It's dreams, right? Yeah. So you can imagine, oh, the crazy stuff you can do with a Mm. dreamscape. Yeah. Imagine it's the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Yeah. It's it's like this crazy landscape in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. It's the these like tremendous um uh, warscapes with crazy steampunk gadgets in in uh, living sucker punch. And then it's like. Matt, Matt, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to go, right, no. The, the amount of times I've dreamt me driving a black BMW down a grey metropolis <laughs> is... Yeah, no, I, I keep having that dream. It's. Uh... I, have, I have a recurring dream of me stealing a car. Yeah. And then not knowing how to drive a car. Oh, my God, I have that dream a lot. Um, yeah. And the thing is, I mean, you, you don't know how to drive either, do you? I, I do know how to start a car and drive it and... Like it's been years since I've actually I, I never actually learned how to learn in officially yeah. learn how to drive a car. I, I, I have never sat in the driver's seat of no. a car. No. Um except for a fire engine when I was six. Um <laughs> and, and you crashed that fire engine. No, no, no. I, I um I drove it to its location and it's the location of a fire and yeah. uh, put out the fire single handedly. Wow. Yeah, that's what I, I can't believe <laughs> Wow. They they even Tom let me put the Ninos on. Ah, the Ninos. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it's just like Inception. It's just like these wild dreams we could go into. And it's just like, oh, it's a it's a meeting space. It's like a, it's like a, a breakout room mm. in a hotel, but it's in the Arctic. Yeah. It's a, it's a coffee table and, 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 and loft apartment uh, with with glass furniture, but not a cool, interesting glass furniture. Just you know, glass furniture that you'd find in student halls. Mm. 
but it's it's in a it's in a orange lit sort of semi South American looking jungle zone. And then I guess you've got the whole like you've got the whole argument of yeah, but the Matrix also looks like that. And I'm like, does it though? That's also the point. Yeah, I know like, exactly. That's the point I was going to make. The point of the Matrix is everyone's brain is being impressed. However, there is also the real world in that, which yeah. looks like a fucking nightmare, post-apocalyptic hellscape, yeah. which isn't in Inception. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so at least there's something new. <laughs> exactly. And you uh, know what? In Inception, yeah, no, they, they do tilt it and make it bend and stuff like that. So that's, you know, it's just bad. I mean, it's, it's like, this is the thing with Chris Nolan. Like, he's got some really, really cool concepts. Really, like, clever and in inverted commas films. I'm watching the screen. He's shooting it in IMAX. It should look incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, he's shooting it wide lens in amazing, like, shots. Everything looks toned down and boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just wasted time and potential. Yeah, I think maybe there's an idea that, um, and looking at the tenant trailer, it's probably true. It's like there's an idea that the more n- neutral, the more the more believable you make a space mm. and, and an interaction, the more um, effective the things that break from normality are. Yeah, I mean, it, I think my my problem is it it could be. It could look and pop mm. rather than... It's, I, I guess it's sort of a grounding yeah. that I think they're trying to do there. But, like, annoyingly enough, you look at a film like John Wick, which is men in suits yeah. with guns. Yep. In a not very sort of... In a kind of hyper-real yeah. kind of scenario. Sure. And... They've made that film pop. That film looks incredible. But that film is also a, a kind of urban fantasy. Yeah. It's kind of it's, a, um, it's like a... It's got its own mythology. I would say urban myth, but it's it's like a retelling of a of an ancient Greek myth in, in modern times kind of thing. It's, it's got... like the, the great thing about John Wick is the mythology behind it. Yeah. The fact that we all live and die by this code, Jonathan. <laughs> and, you know, like... Uh, what, who started the code? The table. And who? What do the table do? They watch. And what are the, How? How do they discern that? There's a gold making man. And, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like. And it's like. <laughs> Forgot all of John Wick, and then then you just brought it all back. <laughs> like, and 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 how do like they enforce those individual small laws? The king of the the homeless people. And it's like. <laughs> You know, it's... <laughs> the Pigeon Man. It's urban myths that you would imagine, like, these flights of fantasy of, like, uh, underground society- societies. And I mean, like, Inception could have that. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah, easily. It, it could have fun characters. <laughs> yeah, but it's very grounded and very, what if the real world but this one thing changed? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got we've got no we've got no Lawrence Fishburne shouting, Get this man a gun <laughs> My favourite line But only the... seven bullets <laughs> Like like That's I mean, the theme of this sequence <laughs> He could have 
He could have given him more, but he was like, I love, nah. I love that sequence afterwards because it's like, get this man a gun, but you only get seven bullets. Seven bullets, for, seven for each one of the deaths or whatever. I can't remember why, why he's, he's only seven bullets. But my favourite thing is that he gives him seven bullets. Mm. He goes in with seven bullets. He shoots those seven bullets and then immediately steals someone's gun and just shoots their bullets. <laughs> Oh god! Uh, it's just like this made no effect on John. It didn't even break John Wick's stride. He just bang, 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 bang. Okay, I've got a new gun now. <laughs> like... Annoyingly, though, right? Going back to Dunkirk and the whole IMAX thing. Yeah. Dunkirk in IMAX blew me away. Mm-hmm. Like it looked so good. Mm. Um. But yet, it was ruined by the fact that I had no idea where I was in time. Boing around. And I didn't understand why I didn't know why where I was in time. Yeah. It was like, oh, fucking hell. It just it did my head in. Did my head in that movie. Shall we get on? Yeah. Just, just the, the Chris Nolan rant over. I mean, it's... To summarise, right? I don't know where I am with Chris Nolan. <laughs> Okay, what are the what's the what's the over on uh, what are the odds of Tenet mm-hmm. when you watch it back for the second or third time, you'll realize that the sun goes up in the morning, yeah, and then goes back down the same way it went up. <laughs> oh God! Uh, like there'll I... be a, there'll be bookending shots yeah. of like. The sun coming up over a certain building, and then a sun going back down over the same building. It'd be it'd be funny if like people have watched Tenet and they're listening to this now, yeah. and are just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> did, did Matt watch the film? And then <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't put it past him to basically have like the the, the twist of that movie be, yeah. you know, all these things things have been happening forwards and then backwards. It was all like, backwards. It was all yeah. the wrong way round. <laughs> watched the film in reverse. I've never heard Chris Nolan speak. Oh, uh, I'm, uh, just... I'm, I'm Chris Nolan. Uh, <laughs> I sound a bit like Chris Tarrant. <laughs> I think he does, actually. I think I have heard Chris Nolan speak and he does sound like that. Like Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Okay. I hope he does. All right, let's get on with the show. Uh, who wants to be Inception? Uh, that's that's. Who wants to be uh, confused? <laughs> Smack it out of the bag, kick it down, knock it out of park, knock it out of park. Um, the park will become overgrown over the course of fifty years of of uh, <laughs> society after society's collapsed. Yep, and then a small cult will form around the the growth of that park. That had it knocked out of it. Yep. They call it the cult of the baseball ball. It's Fallout 4. <laughs> I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer. Oh, man. I can, never, I can never think about Fallout without thinking about the ending. You know the ending? No. You know, you know, you know the ending of Fallout 4? No, I don't remember the ending oh, of Fallout 4. Yeah, when... Um, when that guy in a cowboy hat asks you to go to a, a, a another town that looks all the same as all the other towns. I don't think that was the ending. Uh, and that, it was for me. Was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when you stop playing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone got to the end of Fallout 4. <laughs> it's, it's, Not going to lie, yeah. most people I've spoke to haven't finished that game. <laughs> 
and it's been what six years since it came out or yep. something. Yeah. Well, like, you know, that, that's that's when I stopped playing. Yeah. Is, is, uh, that's, that, that was the ending for me. When it must have come out like when actually no when did uh, Fury Road come out? Twenty fifteen. Um, I, I didn't see it at the cinema. Yeah. Uh, I remember being like super pumped for post apocalypse stuff back then, mm. and. Uh, I, th- I think it was before, no. Yeah, before Mad Max came out, I sort of got really into just... I, I, I am one... I'm still one achievement away from getting full achievements on Fallout 3. Okay. Um, How? It, the, I, I can't force myself to go back to that game. Neutral Karma. Oh. Yeah. It's... Like that, that one I was oh, just sorry, like, yeah. Oh. Spreadsheet game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, that's why I've not got it. Yeah. Like I've done I've done the, the good karma one, done the bad karma one. Have you done the good karma one and then just blown up um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how you like, get neutral karma. That, that was the beauty of it. It was just like and when you do the neutral karma, you just don't do anything. You just never do that quest. <laughs> Which is why it's so hard to get to a certain level of neutral karma because you're just like, I want to keep on an even yeah. keel here with everyone. I don't, I don't want to rock the boat too much. Very few actions give you neutral karma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to rock the boat much in Fallout 3 to get neutral karma. And then when it comes to the achievements in Fallout New Vegas, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like neutral karma's a weird one, right? Because philosophically... There are actions that you can definitely say that are good karma, right? Mm. That are, are are morally and ethically good. Mm. And then there are actions that you can definitely say are morally and ethically bad. Right? <laughs> yeah. But the actions that are morally and ethically neutral yeah. are usually like scratching your nose, <laughs> which... <laughs> Even then, you're killing millions of bacteria. <laughs> but that's... I don't know. I feel like you can't... It, 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 we, we're in the good place if killing millions of bacteria is a bad bad deed. Yeah. That's... Uh, <laughs> that's uh, I don't mean we're in the good place. I mean we're in the show The Good Place. The Good Place. Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, like, um, the uh, those millions of bacteria... Um, think of all the bacteria you've not scratched off. Like th- think of that of that trolley problem scenario. Yeah, how many how many bacteria? How many people haven't you killed versus how many people have you? <laughs> and that's that's how we weigh your worthiness. <laughs> that's that's such a great like the sort of lifetime trolley problem <laughs> <laughs> of which which road did you go down to kill the least people? <laughs> How many people have you objectively not killed? Yeah, and even then, though, it's the the trolley problem of, like, you're not killing these people. It is essentially the train of the world that is killing these people. You're just sort of making a choice. Yep. Which I I think is is a sort of overlooked point of the trolley problem. Well, not really, because, I mean, like, with, with that logic, you could say that a gun is a... Just you're just using the gun, and the gun is the thing killing the people. Yeah, but you've made a choice of picking that gun up and shooting. Yeah, but I mean, where's like, the trolley problem? Someone's definitely getting run over. You've got to decide which one. Someone's definitely going to get getting run over, and it is you know it's an active choice to try and sell, save people, more mm. people than 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 you would. Um, the I think you know I don't know why we're trying to solve the trolley problem, but I think I I think that people factor that in. 
right? They factor the, the the reason the trolley problem is so prevalent as a as a uh, thought experiment is because that people factor in that it's a passive thing that you can just leave it be and people more people will die or you can pull the lever and less people will die but you you'll know that you changed the people who would die yeah um yeah. It, it's choosing not to be an active participant in that i think someone actually did it like not not for real like it was it was kind of it's kind of like, like a, a psychological experiment like a beagles about kind of scenario <laughs> where Be- like a, beagles was, about like beagles. like <laughs> dogs snuffling around <laughs> It was um, that was probably an older reference. The closer thing we would have to this would be punked, <laughs> and even that is like nearly twenty years old. Now. And also, you would have to say the guy's name right. A hidden camera show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Beagle. Is <laughs> Beadle? Beadle. He's called Jeremy Beagle. I've been calling him Jeremy Beagle for years. <laughs> a beagle is a, is a dog. <laughs> He's called Jeremy Beadle. Beadle's about yeah. I've I've always pronounced it Jeremy <laughs> Beagle. I think it's because I used to pronounce it Jeremy Beagle when me and my parents used to watch um, You've Been Framed. Yeah. And they kept on, like, as a joke, pronouncing it Jeremy right. Beagle. Yeah. And so I just assumed it was Jeremy Beagle. I mean, I could... I mean, I, listen, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Um, <laughs> All right, so you're not 100% sure it is I'm Jeremy Beagle. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It's Jeremy Beadle. There you oh, are. He well. looks a little bit like a fat Tim Curry. He does. He does. I, I thought that was just a photo of Tim Curry you were showing me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's Jeremy yeah. Beadle, um, TV personality in the UK. Tim from, Curry you know. meets one of the Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it is Beadle. Beadle. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, listen. He used I used to run surprise. a prank show like Punked. We um, which you think is a dated reference as well? I can so. see why that would happen, mm. um, uh, Tom. Because like when when my little brother was a kid and called uh, Peter Pan's nemesis Catkin Hook, we did nothing, nothing to mm. counteract it. We were just, just like, that's the most adorable thing ever. You just find it funny and go with it. Yeah, like, Catkin. You want to live in that world? Look, you got you got a Catkin Hook flannel causing causing incredible trauma to this <laughs> child. <laughs> factual factual trauma yeah like later on in life when uh when they're doing peter pan at school yeah it's just like he, what the that's <laughs> calling him catkin hook and the direct and, and the and the, the drama teacher director's like get off of my stage did you did your brother once come back home slamming the door <laughs> <laughs> like, what's what's the matter honey <laughs> well i'll tell you mum <laughs> i got i just got i just lost a part of a lifetime <laughs> I just lost the most important role of my life so far. <laughs> it was Catkin Hook. I could have been the lead in Pieter Pan. <laughs> uh, this ten-year-old kicking off. <laughs> could have been the lead in Pieter Pan. <laughs> but yeah, post-apocalypse movies yeah. now. Um, the one that comes to mind, Mad Max Fury Road. I think that's yeah, that's the mother of all. That's our touchstone, isn't it? Yeah, that's the mother of all post-apocalypse movies, isn't it? It's the best one. Like for sure. it's it's definitely it's peak post-apocalypse. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Um, I, I think you know, looking out, going to other places than the than the, than the dusty Mad Max well mm. is a good plan. 
Um, you know, I, I think... Yeah? Thinking about, um, you know, there are series where an ecological apocalypse is assumed. Mm. Um, Serenity. Yeah? Like, is a is almost post... Like, the, the, the climate apocalypse happened after humanity I mean, that's, had colonised other places. That would be what you'd refer to as post-post-apocalypse. I suppose so. Uh, which is where society has, has come back to a point where it is... Um, I mean, it, it's it's definitely sort of a futurist society in, in Serenity and Firefly. Yeah. Um, I'd still refer... I, I would still count certain aspects of it as post-apocalyptic, mm. though. It's past feudal. I think yeah would be the point yeah. in which you'd say it's sort of it's getting back to the industrial era mm. uh, or post that um, yeah. where you'd count it as post post apocalypse. Sure. Um, I think I think there's there's something to be said for like the idea of humanity not having maintained the level of civility mm. such as it is that we have quote-unquote now yeah um like in serenity there are vast swathes of humanity that don't work on a democratic system yeah yeah yeah. well that's yeah it's um (laughs) because when they go into the into the sort of civilized alliance planets it's very much like a star wars like Coruscant futurist utopia. Except they still duel. Y- yeah. <laughs> like, but no, no, like it's weird because <clears throat> because I, I I know the one you're on about, and that planet is still a western. It's still sort yeah. of like western saloons and and bars and and like riding on horses and stuff Mm -hmm. but there is also cities there is also planets with cities which have like flying cars and shit like flying like and concrete glass buildings and stuff yeah yeah and everyone wears futury clothes yeah i think you know to an extent i expect both of those things in in the in the broadness of Mm. uh that post-apocalypse thing yeah um I think, like I think, Firefly and Serenity are are kind of there are aspects of this spacefaring society that are clearly post-apocalyptic. The Reavers, are they Reavers? Yeah, yeah. What are they called? Yeah, yeah. Like that, they are like Mad Max villains. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's clear that you know humanity hasn't fully recovered, yeah. um, uh, isn't isn't you know um, hasn't maintained the the civility or civilization such as those things exist hmm. um uh you know and can be can be kind of quantitatively told to be existing but again that's why it's post post apocalypse really like because civilization still exists uh there is comfort yeah. in, i mean in the firefly world but um same with mad max fury road yeah one yeah. man has all the comfort i mean it but... is it is a feudal society yeah in uh this is why i said like everything post feudal is, yeah. is kind of considered that um which is why like I, th- I think when I think of post-apocalypse stuff, like I don't think there's that been that many like successful post-apocalypse movies. Ones that have ones that have been like looked at. Um, honestly, like I, I would call I would call Planet of the Apes post-post-apocalypse because we don't know it is <clears throat> we don't know it's the end of the world until mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for Planet of the Apes, it's Earth all along. Yeah. 
Um, Hate to ruin Planet of the Apes for you. Um, Simpsons did that a long time ago. <laughs> and loads of other places did as well. <laughs> yeah. um, um, in fact, I knew the ending of Planet of the Apes before I saw Planet of the Apes. Uh, it's yeah, still a good I, movie. I watched The Simpsons. That's yeah. why I knew the ending of Planet of the Apes before I watched Planet of the yeah. Apes. Um, it, it's still a yeah, great movie. I think... This is it. I... I I think maybe we we can be quite close-minded on what what post-apocalypse means. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a broad genre. I think I, I mean I often think in many people's minds it's not. Mm. I think for a lot of people, Mad Max painted the doorway it's, it's, and that was it. all it was. That's it. And then every everything that I have seen that would be comfortably in the post-apocalypse genre I have seen since yeah. has been Mad Max, except right, like so yeah. you know. It, it feels like um, there is... a bunch of like you know you showed me an indie film a while ago and it just kind of felt like a Mad Max except I think I know I think I know the one you mean because I was just about to talk about this um, a film called The Bad Batch was that it was is it one? about a robot lady and a Rubik's Cube the fuck was that about, movie it's about a kid who likes his VHS player or whatever oh and, and... Turbo Kid. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, no, no. Turbo Kid, uh, different different movie. The Bad Batch is mm. what I've been thinking about for a while. Right. Um. So well, since we since we sort of put the post up since since Friday, I've been thinking about the Bad Batch <laughs> for a while. For a while. Yeah. It, it is. It's been a long it's time. It's Sunday today. It's Sunday today. I've been thinking about the Bad Batch for two days. <laughs> um. <laughs> In terms of like a butterfly's life, that's a while. Yeah. Um, so, the Bad Batch of maybe on Netflix, right? So, so we've we've got two very different film tastes. Yeah, haven't we? Yeah, um, we found this out over the last five years. Um, yeah. it is definitely a me film. <laughs> what the Bad Batch? The Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. It's slow. Yeah, very awkward. And there's a bunch of cannibals in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound like a new film. Yeah, where the entire premises of it, the, the entire premise of it is just Suki Waterhouse walking around this this town in the middle of a desert. Yeah. Um, and it's got this post-apocalypse vibe. I have seen some snippets of. Yeah, that. it's got Jason Mamor in it. Yes. Um, and Keanu Jim Reeves. Carrey. And Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have seen this movie. Yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey. Um, Keanu Reeves plays basically like a Morton Joe from Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, but sort of like a slick neo-noir version of. Yeah. Um, Does a good job of it, actually. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Like, Jim, everyone's, everyone's really good. Everyone gives really stellar performances in this movie. Um, it's, not, it's not like a good movie. It's, but... <laughs> I, like, I, I, this is, this is, where, this is yeah. where we differ because I'm just like... I, I've been thinking about it just like, yeah, that was a fucking... I, I did really, really enjoy that movie. Um... It's it's kind of like Mad Max meets the Neon Demon. Yeah, that kind of like it looks like you, that, that. Those words are exactly the yeah. aesthetic of this movie. <laughs> it, it looks like a um, late twenty tens perfume ad. <laughs> uh, doesn't have much dialogue in it, and it's basically just in a desert. But it assumes that. Suki Warthouse's character has been kicked out yeah. of actual regular society. Yeah. And yet, I would still call it a post-apocalypse movie, although Definitely. there's been no apocalypse. I like. I think there has to have been but, for society to, yes. to have turned that way. I think you can call an apocalypse any any system by which. Um, it's it's kind of like 
um, it's almost weirdly like the Savage Lands in Brave New World. That yeah. kind of vibe. Like, there is a utopia somewhere, but these guys that don't fit in. What's weird for me, that, like, recently, there's a whole genre of post-apocalypse, and I'm going to get a little bit, like, not necessarily political here, but definitely philosophical. Yeah. The whole genre of post-apocalypse assumes that when when the shining light of centralised democracy fails, and the, the, the states as we know them, right, like... Our our countries and our, our international democracy and 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 sort mm. of like those things break down by virtue of scarcity. Yeah. Usually, um, that that is when everyone turns into animals and no good society can be created. Yeah. Um, and recently, I've just started thinking, I don't, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you start looking at like the response to like state response to like Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, yeah. right? And you start thinking, you know, maybe it would be the other way around. <laughs> it would be like people who got cast out of that society would start their own like situation out in the desert yeah. and then start like being like okay we have rules we've got a centralised philosophy you either buy in or you leave yeah. and um, you sort of like that's generally the 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 key to that like it's it's weird like because I think Mad Max 1 does this really well like yeah. the original Mad Max movie like there's no nuclear bombs gone off or anything like that there's yeah. still plenty of grass yeah Apparently, still plenty of petrol. The amount you drive around. <laughs> yeah, it is a biker gang. But... <laughs> I mean, that's the case in fucking Fury Road as it well. Is. Like, there's plenty of petrol going around, even <laughs> even though even though it says there's been the gas wars. I mean, I think I think <laughs> that's why they um, they worship the the, water. the vehicles. Like, and... I think I, I think that's why the water is the scarce substance because they recognised mm. that. Ah, you know, fighting over petrol and also just guzzling petrol yeah. doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't add up. Like, give them plenty of petrol. Give them all the petrol in the world. <laughs> uh, like, and that would make it so much better. Like, just give them, give them all indisposable petrol. Yeah. But just have the water. <laughs> have them fighting over something and just, just make it just something that doesn't like like if you're like oh no we're scarce on water and then they're just like super soaker fight it's like the scene from Zoolander <laughs> yeah <laughs> <We're> shooting <laughs> gas at each other it's my favourite bit of that movie <laughs> it's just squirting petrol all over each just, other that's like I, I don't know why people bring up the bomb under the bus <laughs> for dramatic irony why not like, because the audience knows. The audience knows there's a bomb under that bus. Oh, no, wait, no. The, the audience knows that they're fighting, they're fighting with petrol and not with water. But that's so stupid. Uh, oh, I love that. Good. It's a good that's, scene. That's it. If I'm ever a film studies teacher and I had to teach dramatic irony, I'm just going to be like, right, we've got this Hitchcock example, but I want to play you this scene because it's so much better. <laughs> Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. 
and maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.